Hey, welcome back. Happy New Year. <laughs> well, that's kind of loud. It We're is good. loud. Sorry. Man, it is fun. Uh, it is fun to be back um, with you, and uh, hopefully you guys had a good, good break, good uh, New Year. It's always fun to look back, um, always sobering to look back. We, Pam and I, as we look back, just kind of you know, on the marriage front, um, last year was in, in many ways just a really great year. And we looked back, um, one of the gifts I gave Pam last Christmas was um, kind of an a really fun date night. Every, once a month, if nothing else, once a month, we were going to do something really, really fun. Something that we probably just wouldn't uh, reach for normally. And, uh, and so it was really fun to look back over all those. We looked at uh, all of our pictures for the whole year, 4,000 pictures <laughs> of the whole year. And uh, there were some great, great moments. And, uh, and one, one I remember we were looking at, and Pam goes, oh, yeah, that was the time uh, you were really mad about uh, when when we were gonna, what we were going to have for dinner. And, and I remember, you know, I remember the story. One day uh, this summer, we woke up in Cleveland. Uh, we drove to Detroit, watched a ball game, and then drove halfway across Canada to Niagara. Uh, we got there, and one kid wanted pizza, one kid wanted a hamburger, and the other two wanted to swim. And apparently, I wasn't at my best uh, at that moment and just kind of let it all out. And we remembered yeah, that, that moment um, there. And I think I repented, if I remember right, with Pam and the kids. So there were some great moments. There were some moments that, um, uh, you know, we had to say, that was not my best. And, uh, and I love the, the promise and the opportunity of, uh, of a new year, of a new year of faithfulness. And so um, with me uh, tonight is, uh, you guys know these people. We just don't do a real good job of introducing ourselves. This is Ryan Nixon. Ryan uh, is one of the directors here at Reengage, and Susan Cox, who many of you know from Newcomers, um, is the other director here at Reengage. My name is John McGee. I'm the uh, director of marriage ministry here uh, at Watermark. And so as we thought about what is it that we want to tell you, um, Susan has been like this caged animal uh, this week. She hasn't been in reengage for three weeks, and it, uh, uh, it's been a little scary. I'm glad this day is finally here uh, to let off some of this pent-up uh, energy, but she was like really passionate. We have got to remind these guys about the four C's, and so that's what we're going to do uh, tonight, and so this is basically the characteristics of couples that we have seen come through the doors here um, that have gotten well. And couples who have left here and have stayed well. And the, the way these came about was, I, you know, for two years straight, I sat right over there uh, in, these, in this chair and just watched couples share their story and just tried to, to figure out what was consistent, what were the patterns, if I could get this down to just a few bullet points. And here's kind of um, what I came up with, and I think what it's just kind of resonated um, with us, and we've all just been chiming in on it the last uh, couple years, and it really is. This is how couples we have seen who have walked in with divorce papers in hand and leave uh, experiencing the goodness of God's plan for marriage. This is what always uh, kind of happens. So uh, who's going to share uh, the first couple? Let's Go ahead. Do it. All right. So when you think about these four C's, we want you to think about the four legs on a table. In order for that table to be steady and to do its job, all four legs need to be in place. And so when we go through each one of these, make a mindful note of, hey, which of these do I need to take ground on to move toward oneness in my marriage? Number one on the list is Christ. Above all things, it is the relationship with Christ that makes all the difference in your marriage. It is true that your marriage is a relationship with your spouse. 
While that is very vital, it cannot live out what God has promised it to look, to look like in biblical marriage if we do that apart from Christ. I can tell you that we did a great job of playing Christian when we came to church on Sundays. Roll and I would carry the Bible. We would walk in and sit, and it would look like Cox's party of four. Your pew is now ready. And we just would listen not do anything with God's word, go home and put the Bible back on the nightstand or toss it in the back seat of the car. But what we learned through this process was we would say that we knew Christ, but we really didn't know Christ. To know Christ is to have an intimate relationship with him. And so a key verse that we want you to take note, and we've given it to you in a handout tonight. It's one that we really hope that you'll put to memory. It's John fifteen five. Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and he who abides in me will bear much fruit. And I in him, but gosh, apart from me, you can do nothing and so we've learned in our own marriage and in the marriages that come through reengage, those that gain ground and get healthy and move toward oneness are marriages that really understand what it looks like to abide in Christ. Now, I want you to understand what abide means. The word abide just means to be obedient and follow his word. And so when you think about what that looks like practically as you abide in Christ daily, you want to make sure that you're intentional in devoting your time and spending time with him. And that might look like carving out quiet time. Actually setting aside time every day that you will be intentional in reading his word, taking notes, putting it to memory, applying it. And all that means is simply living out loud the truth of what God has called you to do. A great one that we wanted to include as well is 1 Corinthians 10 31, that it reminds us that we have to do everything that brings God the glory. And so your marriage was created to give God the glory. And so in order to do that, I have to abide and spend time knowing Christ and knowing his word. You want to make sure that you give him the best part of your day. So for you, if that's in the morning, then start your day off in his word. Watermark has resourced you in an amazing way. Join the journey. Before you go to bed tonight, put that app on your phone. Every day you will have access to biblical truths, diving in deep and learning what it looks like to study God's word and apply it and live it out. Here's what we've learned, not only in our own marriage, but in marriages that we see coming through reengage is that when we do this, we can accomplish great things in our marriage. And I've learned this, that we have a 100% chance of having a thriving, successful marriage when we do it God's way. So make Christ the number one priority this year in your New Year's resolution. That's so good. And the second one on your sheet um, is circle. And so one of the things we realize is that uh, for us to have a healthy and growing marriage, We've got to draw a circle around ourselves and fix everything inside of that circle. Many times as people come in here, and, and I know that there's a lot of hurt that might have been caused by the person sitting next to you, but many times we think that the person sitting next to us is the problem and that they're the enemy. And, and one of the things that is a problem with that is that if they are the problem, what you're also looking to is for them to change and them to be the solution. And your eyes no longer look to Jesus as your Savior, it's to your spouse being transformed and living in a way that you hope they would live. But what God calls us to do is say, no, no, you need to look inward 
and look at the sin that is in your own life and to do business with the sin that is in your life. Don't try to compare and think about how vast an event might have been that they did um, and how small your sins might be. God calls us to say, no, no, all of our sin causes brokenness between our relationship with God and brokenness in our relationship um, with our spouses. And so one of the passages of Scripture that we have right there is just Matthew um, 7. And Jesus is talking to people who are looking at others saying, hey, you are messed up. You know, the things that you're doing are wrong. And and what he says is, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take out the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye. First, do business with your sin, the things that are keeping you from experiencing oneness. And then you will clearly see to take the speck out of your brother's eye. One of the things I love about that is that Jesus doesn't say that we're not to work through the sin of other people and to have a biblical means to work through conflict and brokenness and hurt. What he's encouraging us to and commanding us to is, hey, you've first got to do a whole lot of business with the sin that is in your own life. And so that's what we have to do is on a daily basis as we abide with Jesus, we need to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, what do you want to be doing in my life? And a passage of scripture that I love is just, and you can write this down, it's Psalm 139, and it's at the end of that psalm, and it's a great psalm that God talks about how he knows everything about us. And at the very end, the psalmist says, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way within me, and lead me in a way of everlasting life. And what would it look like for us as we're drawing a circle around ourselves and engaging with our spouse on a daily basis? Say, okay, Lord, what is the sin in my life that I still need to take ground in today? And help me to take ground. Lead me into an everlasting life. The third one is commitment. Are you really in your marriage? Are you really going to do what it takes to move toward oneness with your spouse? Did you guys know that this past Monday was the most popular day for divorce in our country? And it's up by 30%. That's a pretty scary stat. So somewhere along the line, couples that have made the choice to divorce made the choice to exit the marriage. Now, divorce is not the only way that a couple can exit a marriage. I want you to imagine for a moment that you are standing in the middle of a room with your spouse. And you look over to him or her, and you see every imperfection there ever was. Because you have married an imperfect person, a broken person, so we're flawed. And so when you look at that person and you begin to see the flaws, you begin to think, hey, did I marry the right person? Is there another way that I could handle this? Or maybe I just want out. So for some, the door of escape might be divorce or separation. For others, they may choose the door of pornography. If the marriage is at a place where we're not loving each other well, there's distance between us, but yet I've given my time and attention and affection to the image on the screen I've made it a choice to exit the marriage. For some, the door of escape might be an affair, be it either emotional or physical. For still some, the door of escape might be through your job. 
Some spouses will think, if I just work longer hours, then that's going to make everything okay in the marriage. Or perhaps the door of escape might be drugs or alcohol, maybe even pain meds that you've become addicted to. Because see, here's what all of these doors symbolize, is they symbolize a temporary pleasure that we try to run to to try to meet an eternal need. And if we look to our spouse to meet and complete us and to be our everything, in their brokenness, they're going to let us down. They cannot possibly meet our every need. But there is one that meets every need. See number one on your sheet. A relationship with Jesus Christ has to be the door that we choose. And so when you think about where you are right now in your marriage... It's really hard to work on oneness and to move toward health and healing if you have one foot here, but yet you have an open door that perhaps you're entertaining the thought of leaving the marriage. I love this passage in in Matthew 19. Matthew 19, 6, it just says, It is God who joins us together, and for that reason we are not to separate. And I have little notes that I I, I wrote down on this, and I just have to share with you. It's just marriage is all about commitment and the covenant-keeping love between God and his people. And what better place for that covenantal love to show up than in the midst of two broken people in a marriage who have committed to stay and to do it God's way. I want you to really think about your marriage tonight. I want you to think about Am I thinking of a possible way out? And if you are, our challenge to you is come before your group tonight and confess your struggles. Be open and honest with one another and give us a chance to help you filter through God's word and to lead you in a way that's going to bring health and healing in your marriage. So good. And then the fourth one, the fourth C is community. And this is one of the things we hope that through Reengage that you will experience, maybe for some of y'all the first time, that you've, some of y'all have been in church, like, like myself, I was in church for a long time, and I did a lot of Bible studies, and I spent time trying to understand theology, scripture, all these different things, and, um, and fill myself with some head knowledge, but my heart was not engaged with the truth of God's word. And outside of Jesus Christ, and in grace and the Holy Spirit, one of the greatest things he's given us, maybe even more important than his word, is his people, his community. Because I can grab the Bible and I can justify any sin I want to, um, and, and I've done that. But when I have people, when I have the body of Christ, who have the Spirit of Christ inside of them, walking alongside me and looking into my own life, it is very difficult for me to convince them that what I'm doing is okay. Because the same Spirit of Christ that resides in me resides in them, and they're looking at the same Word of God, and they have the opportunity to call me out when I'm not being the man, the husband, or the father that God is calling me to be. And this is why this community is so vitally important. Um, It is us living in life with other people, being open and honest, walking in the light as he is in the light, and allowing the body of Christ to care for us to pray for us, to encourage us, to admonish us, to accept us, to love us, and to point us back to Jesus. 
We desperately need the body of Christ to do that. We need We call it community here. A lot of other churches will call it different things, but it, it, it's, it's all the same in what we desire to do. And in one of the passages on here, 1 Thessalonians five fourteen, it says, We urge you, brothers, community, re-engage small group, to admonish the unruly, to encourage the faint-hearted, to help the weak, and be patient with everyone. We need the body of Christ. It was a means of grace that God gave us, just like he gave us the Son, just like he gave us the Spirit, just like God gives us his word. It's one of his greatest means of of grace that he gives us so that we can experience this life. And it's through community that we learn how and know that we need to grow in our relationship with Christ, that we need to draw the circle around ourselves and stop pointing the finger at the other person, and that we need to remain committed. And so our call for you is that while you're here is to be open and honest with those that you're in your small groups with. Let the light shine into your life and allow them to care for you and love you and support you and pray for you and walk alongside you. And then as you leave here, whether you're here at Watermark or you're in another church, dive deeply with the body of Christ so that you can be fully known by other people who can help you experience the life that God desires for you. And so we're so glad that y'all are here and excited just to get to walk alongside you and say, hey, this is what all of us need. We all need Christ. We all need to draw a circle around ourselves. We all need to be committed to Jesus and committed to our marriage. And we all need the body of Christ through community to help us be at a place of health individually and, and as a couple. Awesome. You know, I was just thinking that as Americans, whenever we've got a problem, we gravitate toward the new and the complex. Right? Think about it. We just gravitate. When we're looking for answers for a problem, we go find the newest and most complex answer to, uh, to the issue. If we're trying to lose weight, the, the title that says, eat less, exercise more, right? we're not buying that. Right? We want to buy a, a bottle with some herbal supplement that we can't even pronounce because that's the new, uh, the new hot thing. Or there's some new new method of not eating before lunch and then loading up on grapefruits after five o'clock. We want to try that, right? <laughs> but we don't want to eat less and, and work out. I mean, that's, that's old uh, and that's a simple solution. I want something, something new, novel. I want something complex. And it's a same, it is the same thing for marriage. I'm surprised at how oftentimes we want new and novel answers. And the answers, I think, that, that these guys are talking about that we've been dishing out here for the last six to seven years uh, is very simple and very old, very old, and doesn't have that much to do with the color uh, wrapping of that book in, in the, the little chapter titles. It is those four things. And I have seen couples, I mean, make unbelievable turnarounds without that content who had those four, uh, those four C's. And in fact, Pam and I are going to do a retreat next month, and we're going to have this couple share their story. And this couple's story was um, he went off to, uh, to the war and just kind of went a little bit, a little bit nuts and uh, was having an emotional affair at, at best, um, moves back to the States and gets deployed overseas and tells his wife and, and child, do not come. I do not want you to come. She was deathly afraid of, of flying and, and, and was a mama's girl and had never been away. And she hopped on the plane and moved, uh, moved to Japan uh, with her husband. And she dusted off her Bible 
um, that she had known and read as a child but hadn't, hadn't dug into recently. And every day he would tell her, just go back. I don't want to be married to you. And she, uh, she was just daily abiding in Christ and asking Christ to, to have the things of him, the things of the Spirit come out uh, of her. And this guy, uh, he had, there was so much that was just catastrophic and a disaster in his life. And she focused on herself. Right? She just she literally drew a circle around herself and and fixed and worked meticulously on uh, on her on her fear and her control and her pride, and then she got some other women uh, around her just to say I, I don't I'm not trying to fix him but will you help me fix me will you help me abide and they would just sit with her there's old older godly uh, women and she just looked him in the eye and said I will not move back I'm committed to you I you know. I guess you could move again and not send me the forwarding address, but I will, I will follow. If I can find you, I will follow you uh, all over this globe. I love you. And so she shared some of the just the little things that happened uh, to Pam and I. I said, oh, so have you read such and such book? And she goes, no. I've, and I remember she did this. This happened like five times. And she goes, no, I haven't. And she wrote that. She'd write it down. She said, should I, should I have read that? And I was like, come on. You haven't, that phrase is like exactly from that book. She goes, I've never, I've never heard of that author. And she'd talk some more, and she'd say something else. And, and it just occurred to me, all the things that experts, pundits have talked about with marriage, she got from the Scripture and from abiding in Christ, committing to her marriage, and being in dwelling in community. Right? All, all the, the expert knowledge she needed came uh, from Christ. And that's what we have to offer you. Okay, and there's, we'll talk about a lot of different things, but it always comes back to this. And so for me spiritually, when people, you know, I'm in a room sometimes and people tell me I need to fast, I need to pray, I need to give, I need to share my, share my faith, I need to, you know, read my Bible and memorize scripture. And, and I can't remember where to start. I always come back to Matthew 22. Right? Jesus was asked, what is the most important command? He said, love God. And the second one's really like it. You, you love other people. And so whenever I get overloaded and I don't know what to do, I always come back. That's my true north. I'm supposed to love God and love others. In my marriage, whenever something's off and I'm not exactly sure where to start, I, I run to these four C's. I spend time with Christ. I tell, tell my wife and myself I'm ruthlessly committed, ruthlessly committed uh, to this deal. I figure out what's my part. I repent and own it. And I tell, I tell the guys that I'm in community with, at least for my side of the street, this is what's wrong. Right? And it's, it's never failed me yet. Okay? We'll talk about a lot, but that will, those four C's will serve you really, really well. Good? Amen. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much, guys, uh, for being up here. Thank you. All right, so occasionally, if you remember last year, we have some uh, valuable cash and prizes, and I think we do have some valuable cash and prizes. We've got payway and movies and popcorn and a date night guide. So uh, the lucky winner is last four, seven, eight, seven, seven. Okay, winner? You have to be in here. We wouldn't have taken a ticket and run. So you can come get that. If not, it'll carry over uh, to next week. So sometimes we'll do this. Sometimes we won't. But always to be uh, eligible, you've got to be here uh, by 635. Okay? Do the best you can. We're never mad at you if you come late. Um, but that's who is eligible uh, for those prizes. Okay? Guys, it's going to be a great year. It really is. Um, some of you guys, have, uh, you're, you're coming down the home stretch. I want to encourage you to finish strong. Don't, don't pull up uh, that last mile. 
push, push hard, okay? Some of you, this is your very first night here, and we're really glad that you're here. In a second, uh, a lot of us are going to walk out those doors, but we're going to ask that you would come uh, right here, and you'll meet uh, Rawl and Susan Cox in what's called our newcomers group. You'll just come, come right here. These guys will share their story about coming through Reengage. They'll also kind of tell you all the things you might need to know about Reengage and help you make a, a good decision about whether you come back or not, okay? That will happen right here. If you've been here before, but aren't in a closed group, we've got several open groups for you, 210, 11, and 12. Go out those doors, take a right and a right, and go over to the tower, and it's the first three rooms uh, over there. Follow the signs. If you get lost, raise your hand. We will help you. Just jump into any one of those rooms. It doesn't, uh, doesn't matter. Those aren't assigned, okay? And if you're in a closed group, then you know, um, you know where to go. And then we're starting a new group tonight, uh, the Taylors. Uh, give it up for the Taylors. Where are you guys? Is this group two? two. All right, man. This is, they're back. This is the uh, their sophomore season. It's, it'll, be, uh, it'll be a good one. They're a great couple. You guys will, will love getting to know them. So is that everything? Okay. Jointhejourney.com if you want to read the scriptures through with us uh, this year. Couldn't recommend that much uh, anymore. Okay. You guys have a great night of worship and pursuing oneness. We'll see you.